0: Back to Crested in the Afternoon. I'm Matthew Bunsen, filling in for Al today. Uh, My next guest uh, has written a piece in Crisis Magazine called Keep Your Eyes on Poland. And he writes that Poland has had a very special place in the history of the last 100 years from turning back Russian communists at the miracle in 1920 that I've actually talked in the last hour with Ivo Bender about briefly uh, through World War II and the Cold War. He calls Poland the fulcrum the critical events of the last century seem to pivot around Poland. Well, here we are with the critical events in this new century, this new millennium, also seeming to pivot around Poland. I'm talking about uh, Dr. Paul Kengor, who is professor of political science at Grove City College, executive director of the Center for Vision and Values. And he is the author most recently of The Devil and Karl Marx, which is a, a must read as far as I'm concerned. Paul, welcome.
1: Hey, Matthew. Thank you. Good to be with you.
0: Same here. Well, Poland uh, remains uh, not just in the news, but uh, really, as as you say, everything seems to be circling around it. We have uh, the Germans to the west uh, who are, are, at least in terms of the church, undergoing this so-called synodal path or synodal way. Uh, That uh, is spiritually alarming, institutionally alarming. And then, of course, to the east, we have the immense tragedy of what is unfolding before our very eyes in Ukraine. In the middle is Poland, isn't it?
1: Well, that's right. And when Ukraine was part of the USSR in uh, in August of 1939, so that would have been, it was August 23rd and 24th, 1939, that Hitler and Stalin signed their pact, the Hitler-Stalin pact. And they agreed on a mutual invasion of Poland, which took place exactly seven days later from for Poland from the west, from the Germans. And then about two and a half weeks after that, September 17, 1939, the Soviets came in, the Red Army, and they came in through the Ukraine. So you had this gobbling up of Poland within the span of about four weeks. That you know, as bad as what we're seeing right now, Matthew, in the Ukraine, uh, what Poland went through in that period was really hell. I mean, it was it was it was a special, unique disaster, um, holocaust, quite literally. There were more Jews in Poland than than any other country, and I connect this in my piece for Crisis Magazine to Saint Faustina and she died almost exactly one year it would have been um, october 1938 at the age of 33 uh, right before all of this happened and uh, she was the she was the one who in messages from from jesus and the blessed mother but messages from jesus in particular uh, was told that the world would soon need an ocean of mercy for its sins and um and you know those sins certainly came one year later
0: Yeah, Pope Francis uh, has used the comment uh, that there's uh, like rivers of blood flowing in Ukraine. And it does seem uh, that the antidote to this is that ocean of mercy from uh, St. Faustina. But what was it about Poland in the 20th century that uh, led to such a spiritual powerhouse? We have Faustina, we have John Paul II, we have Maximilian Kolbe and others uh, who died so heroically for the faith.
1: Yeah, and in fact, in places like Auschwitz, in those concentration camps, I mean, people as diverse as Maximilian Kolbe, Edith Stein, um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was in there, and uh, yeah, in fact, Ronald Reagan called it the martyred nation of Poland, and in fact, he said that, Matthew, in a direct conversation with Pope John Paul II, One year, it would have been June seventh, 1982, when the two of them met together at the Vatican about a year after they had both been nearly assassinated. And and Reagan said to John Paul II, he, he said, hope remains in your native country, your country, Poland. He said, we working together can keep it alive. And the goal at that point was to keep alive the Solidarity Movement and keep Poland as the wedge that could potentially split the entire communist bloc. But, but they went from a period of just immense suffering under the Nazis, first from 1939 through you know, 1940s, 1945, and until the Nazis surrendered in World War II, and an even longer period with the Soviet occupation, which began around 1943, 1944. Well, like I said, the Soviets invaded likewise in September 1939. And, and at that point, Poland would be under the jackboot of, of, the, of the Red Army, under atheistic communism, all the way until 1989. So, so this country has really suffered, and yet it has remained the most Catholic country in Europe. Uh, in fact, um, I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, but I, I'd say next to only Italy, right? Um, and, 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 and probably, you could probably argue that Poland, the Polish people are more devout than the Italians, if you look at church attendance and, and other things. Poland has had this unique mission of martyrdom and suffering.
0: Well, historically, I I, I would not disagree with you about about that uh, comparison between the two. But we can also go back to 1920. uh, I talked briefly in the last hour with Ivo Bender from EWTN in in Central Europe, who's based in Poland, and he talked about – uh, the real threat of Russian communism in 1920. So there was the risk, therefore, a time of Poland falling even earlier uh, under Soviet domination. So talk about that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that, that the two of you talked about that. I'll have to listen on the rewind <laughs> for sure. But but yeah, the, the miracle at the Vistula, the Vistula River, 1920, that, that was really, really important, Matthew, and very few people know about it. But, but it happened in the early days of the Soviet, through the Bolshevik takeover of Russia. Um, they took over October 1917, just, just, just a couple weeks after the miracle of the sun, that the, you know, Our Lady of Fatima warned about this. And then there was a Russian civil war from 1918 to 1921. During that time, the Soviets established the common term, the Communist International. That was in March 1919. And the goal of the Common Turn, uh, Grigory Zinoviev and Leon Trotsky, called it uh, the headquarters of the world revolution. So the the Common Turn would would set up a communist country or communist party in every country, and and they set one up in Hungary, they set one up in Bavaria. In fact, that's where Eugenio Pacelli was, um, the future Pope Pius XII was almost assassinated. I think it was in 1919, in uh, in the Bavarian Soviet Republic. So they were immediately kind of fomenting and trying to spread communist revolutions, the Bolsheviks were, throughout Eastern Europe, throughout out Central Europe, and, and they made a bid for Poland in 1920. In fact, um, that was the year that Karol Wojtyla was, was born, ironically, and his father had been a soldier in the, in the Polish army. So they made a bid to take Poland, and they lost. And the Poles considered it um, the result of their miraculous intervention of their appeals to the Blessed Mother. And it absolutely infuriated Lenin and Stalin and and the Bolsheviks all vowed one day to get revenge on Poland. And they would spend uh, about 40-some years, early 1940s to 1989, doing just that.
0: Yeah, and uh, the the role of um, Archbishop, then Archbishop Achille Ratti, of course, who went on to become Pius XI, he was also circling around all of this.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, you know that that was the period of, of was was it uh, Divini Redemptoris? That period, yeah, that was 1937. Uh, he did also Quadri J.C. Milano in 19 in 1931. So these these were encyclicals warning specifically about you know, what Divini Redemptoris called the scourge of atheistic communism, mm-hmm. the satanic scourge of atheistic communism, and and that it would pollute these different countries in Europe. They dealt with the Spanish Civil War as well in 1936 during that period. So he was yeah he was intensely involved, Pius XI, in all of this. He's. Uh, <laughs> He's one of my favorite popes.
0: Well, I'm also thinking of uh, his role as Apostolic Nuncio to Poland uh, for a couple of those vital oh, years. Uh, and I, I just find it so interesting that there, there's an old phrase that saints sort of travel in packs. Now, uh, Pius XI um, has not been beatified or anything like that. But it, I just find it so striking that so many of these powerful spiritual figures uh, were alive and interacting, certainly sharing the same time frame. Uh, in this era, in which Poland became such a battleground,
1: yeah, really forged in that crucible of those early days of the common turn, and, and 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 Pius XI's successor, Pius XII, as mentioned, was you know, there in as the as the nuncio to Bavaria in 1919, in that in that period, and and so uh, I, all of them were products of that period, understood it. And then, of all things, to have the first Slavic pope ever, the first non-Italian pope in 455 years, Carol Wojtyla, John Paul II, be literally born out of all of that, and have somebody of his experience who could warn the world about totalitarianisms, the twin totalitarianisms of fascism and communism both.
0: So let's go back to uh, St. Faustina. What is her lesson for us today as we watch uh, the, the immensity of suffering going on in Ukraine?
1: Well, she, she had these predictions, right, about, about the end times. And in fact, one of them, one of the most chilling is that, is that out, of, out of Poland, the Lord Jesus said, um, I will prepare the spark that, that, that will signal to the world my second coming. And, and some people have interpreted that as, well, that spark must have been John Paul II, the first Polish pope, and he's the one that would canonize the, the, the first saint of the new millennium, who was none other than St. Faustina, he had this, this, this apostle of divine mercy, and he would, he would be the pope of divine mercy. So maybe he was the one to prepare that spark, but, but in fact... Uh, it's, it's it's quite. I, I mean, I personally, I'm of that viewpoint, but some are thinking that it's possibly another spark that might even come right now in these current days with this current conflict. Of course, only God knows. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not in the prophecy business. Uh, yeah, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. But but I can say with all the turmoil that's going on right now between the Ukraine and Russia. It's if if NATO gets involved in this, if Poland gets involved, Article Five of the NATO Charter would kick in. That's the call for collective security. If Russia were to go to war with Poland again, that would draw in the United States automatically. That would draw in NATO automatically. I mean, we would be forced to defend Poland. We would be forced to, um, you know, put our put our jet fighters to work. Put our put boots on the ground. And so you know, if, if there's any possibility of World War III and, and you know, all hell breaking loose, it could well happen there right now. Let's pray that it doesn't, of course.
0: And let us pray again for those oceans of mercy. Paul Kangor, right. great to be with you today. Thanks, Matthew. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Thomas Aquinas, theologian, doctor of the Church, with John O'Callaghan. This is Cresta in the Afternoon.